A quick hello and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, Rich Goldstein. Thank you. I've never been serenaded like that at the beginning <laughs> of, a, of a podcast episode. Brilliant stuff. Yeah, yeah. most people say that. And, yeah, right. Uh, but then once it's happened, everyone goes, yeah, it's normal, man. Right, yeah. Like, and then you're waiting for it in the next interview. It's like, wait, how come you didn't sing to me? <laughs> I actually did that because I didn't want to have to cut the the intro and the outro into the, the podcast, I got really lazy and I thought if I just sing it and it's all done and that's oh, it. Perfect, good thinking. But the problem is I actually have to practice the name beforehand and you said it's Steen, not Stein or Stein, 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 yep. Stein. Steen. 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 Rich Goldstein. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. We just met DMA, uh, Marketers Australia, wonderful stuff. You were talking about patents. Yes. And copywriting. And I immediately thought, sorry to be rude, oh, how very boring. Mm -hmm. But it's not, is it? I make it interesting. It is actually boring <laughs> if you talk to anyone else about it but me, but Brilliant. I make it okay. interesting. <laughs> no, I'm up for this. I mean, uh, and the first thing you told me, and we're going to start there because I'm going to tell a secret that I didn't know that you just told me, is that to patent a product once it's released, it's too late. Can you tell me about that? Because I'm going, ooh. Exactly. I mean, most people don't realize that. And, and as an entrepreneur, it, it makes a lot of sense that you want to conserve resources. And you say, well, it costs a lot to patent something. Maybe I should wait. Maybe I should see if the product does really well. And if it does, then I'll patent it. Yeah. The problem is that um, in most of the world, once you make it public, you immediately lose the rights to patent it if you haven't already applied for a patent. And in the US and in Australia and just a couple other places, there's a grace period of one year where if you go beyond that year, it's game over. Yeah. And too many people, too many entrepreneurs, they are trying to conserve resources and they're taking that logical approach of yep. let's see how it goes. But unfortunately, they miss the boat and then well, they don't get to patent. That was my first thought is anything, I don't need to patent anything, but I immediately thought, well, I wouldn't bother patenting until I knew I was actually making some money because throw in $2,000 at something, it's $2,000? Uh, more like 10. Oh. For a patenting, yeah. <laughs> trademark is more around two, like $2,000 when you're trademarking a brand. Okay. But a patent, typically north of $10,000 to apply for a patent. Oh dear, right, okay. Yeah. But, but trademark's A, cheaper, and B, you don't have that same problem. You can, you can trademark at any point in the, in the process. Um, exactly, and it pays though to trademark something at an earlier stage, just because if someone else jumps in there before you with their trademark registration, it could become a much more expensive problem. Um, yeah, you said earlier on $2,000 to trademark and $100,000 sold out the mess. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so it's kind of like when you're putting a product out there, when you have it out on the market, you're, yeah. you're developing what's called common law trademark rights, mm -hmm. which is the extent to which you common can... Common law sounds like something medieval English, doesn't it? It does, or it sounds like a little dirty maybe too, <laughs> like, you know, common law, I don't know. Yeah, not no, dirty, okay, but... No, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, familial. Familiar, right. Off you go, anyway. So you're, right. you're, you're into common law trademark, which means what? Right. So that means that um, when you're selling a product out there, you're, and people are beginning to know of your brand, you actually have rights to it. You have some rights. The extent to which you could prove that people know your brand mm -hmm. and people would be confused if someone else came in there with a similar name, then you could prevail. You could stop someone else without having ever applied for a trademark. But you have to prove it all. You have to prove how well-known your brand is and you have to prove that it would be confusing. When you register a trademark, then you bypass a whole bunch of that. And so that's why it pays to do a registration. And uh, we were talking earlier on, I was just saying, well, let's, let's just trademark everything and then we don't have to worry about it. But yes. you were saying you can't do that. You actually have to be using it. You can. It. You have to actually use it um, in commerce in order to get the like trademark registration. It's not like parking domain names. It's not like parking. Exactly. It. It's not like you're going on GoDaddy and you just <laughs> buy them all for $9.99 and, 
And then you just sit and say, well, why did I buy these? Yeah, I've got loads of those. <laughs> oh, but I've got over 500, yeah, too. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. I, I keep on, I, I bought nonsense songs because I was going to write nonsense songs at one point. I've still got the domain name. You got the nonsense domain. <laughs> I've got the domain. I never made the songs. And now I'm kind of thinking, should I just throw it away or should I keep it? Right. No, Sh- no. Should I stay or should I go? You're a Clash fan. Um, I'm, a, I'm a classic rock fan, yeah, for oh, sure. Right. Okay, brilliant. So all of it. <laughs> okay, anyway. Back if to... we talk further, there'll probably be another reference that comes up to some other song. Oh, so, right, brilliant. Yeah. I'm, I'm up okay. for that. I'm a, I'm a music, okay. music fan as well. I'm a big Clash fan. I was one of my favorite uh-huh. group when I was about uh, 11, maybe. Right. When they, when they first started, my sister was in all that kind of stuff, and I, I loved it. Exactly. And you've been on the road for a while. So do you feel London calling by any chance? <laughs> that was a bad one. Yeah, it that was, was a really, one, really bad but one. But it made me chuckle. Anyway, okay. back to trademark. Right. Uh, uh, the idea of just saying, I'm going to trademark everything and then I'll be fine is a rubbish idea. You can't do it. You can't. You I, have to actually be using it in commerce. You can't okay. just reserve a name because you think it would be cool. You have to actually show proof that you're using the name. You could apply before you've started using it. But within a certain period of time, and before you actually get get it registered, you need to show that it's in use. You need okay. to show that you're selling a product. So it's not quite the complete opposite of the product uh, patents that I, was, right. I mentioned earlier. I was saying it's complete opposite, but it's not. You can actually start. Yeah, but it's kind of opposite in the sense that you lose the rights um, to patent something by making it public, but you need to have it be public in order to trademark it. So kind of opposite. Yeah. Okay. So it's yeah. a two-step process. And, and we were talking about uh, SASs. Mm-hmm. Sass. Yeah. Um, don't, I, be sassy, don't get sassy with me, Bernays. No, no, we're off again. Because <laughs> uh, history my, of the world. I, part I, one, my yeah. immediate thought with the sass is it's worldwide. How right. can I possibly trademark my business name all over the world? And yes. the answer is I can't. And, and so I just think I won't bother. Exactly. Well, I mean, in general, trademarks are territorial, and so are patents. But when it comes to something like a SaaS, you actually can get enough leverage by trademarking it in one major market. Because if you think about it, in the same way that your SaaS product just crosses all borders through the internet, if you had a trademark for the SaaS protect in, let's say, the United States, then your competitor, if they launched a SaaS product with the same or confusingly similar name, that's naturally going to extend into the United States. So mm-hmm. then you would be able to take action in the United States. And, and the fact that you've got the patent, oh, sorry, the trademark in mm-hmm. another country, either if I've got it in the US, in Europe, they would say, well, actually, yeah, this is some kind of proof that you've been using it and this other person is trading on your toes. Yes, well, there's mechanisms for, for doing that, for actually getting the trademark in other places. But I guess what I was pointing to is just in, as a practical matter for enforcement, you'd be able to enforce it in the United States, um, where the product would naturally cross the borders into, mm. like it would be very difficult for them to sell a product in Europe and have it not be um, public in any way in the United States. So yeah. you would have, an, you'd be able to take action against them in the United States. Okay. Because I, mean, yeah. I, mean, I mean, the thing about trademarks is my immediate reaction was kind of like I, I protect it uh, because it's mine, and and, and there's a whole thing about confusion. Uh, and how confusing it is. I mean, the idea of trademark is Oh, it's is so say, confusing. No, no. no the, the principle, the, the bedrock principle of trademark law is likelihood of confusion. Brilliant. Okay, that, well, that's what I was trying to get you to say, and I yes. couldn't figure out how to get you well, to say Well, you were it. confused, <laughs> and, I, and that's understandable. And when we talk about this stuff, there is a likelihood of confusion. Yes, right. Thank you very much. So, you're uh, here to help me out with that. Yeah, no problem. That's, that's what I'm here for. Is so. likelihood of confusion a, a rock song or something? Um, it should be. Is. It should be. I'll, I'll write it tonight. Right. 
Exactly, and I'll try not to make one that's confusingly similar to it. Yeah, I want to sorry, sorry, finish what you were saying, the likelihood of confusion. Okay, so um, fundamental principle of trademarks is that uh, if you're doing something that would create a likelihood of confusion with another person's mark, then that's a trademark violation. Hmm. So if you um, make a cola, and you call it kooky cola instead of Coca-Cola, and you have a writing style that looks like the Coca-Cola font, and even though it doesn't say Coca-Cola, it says kooky cola, that's a likelihood of confusion. There's a tendency for consumers to look at that and think like, oh, maybe that's affiliated with Coca-Cola. Yeah, sure. So when, when the consumer thinks that your um, competitor is affiliated with you, think that that competitive product yeah. is actually your product, then that's a likelihood of confusion, and that's a trademark violation. Brilliant. Okay. Yeah. And, and when you were saying the logo, the writing, I mean, but it, the, the exactly. trademark is the writing and the... And the text itself. It could be any of those things. Sorry, the writing, the logo, and the text itself. It could be any of those things. It's basically anything that a consumer uses to identify your product in the marketplace. So it could be the name. It could be the logo or the writing style. It could be a color scheme. It could be a slogan like the real thing. So anything that a consumer would tend to use okay. to identify it could be a so, Well, I have a question about fonts. I mean, Google used whatever font, Arial or something right. very similar. I mean, they're using a, a, a font that they bought no logo. That's mm -hmm. not trademarkable in the sense that that font doesn't belong to Google. Mm. It, it's the combination of the name plus the font plus the colors. Is that right? Uh, well, when it's something is, uh, it could be it could be the combination. It could be them individually. It could be that within the realm of of digital marketing, within the realm of of websites, having um, you know a multicolored word where each letter is a different color tends to have people think of Google. Mm -hmm. So like if Google could show that um, some competitor with a six word, um, six letter word with multicolors and people look at that, they think, oh, that must be affiliated with Google, Google for or example. Alphabet, right. Or if, um, Google, Google. Using, using dark brown, black, white, and- Right, exactly. Then, then they Some other awful depressing color. Right, and the more famous a mark is, then the more likely that there's confusion. Yeah. So, for example, like if you saw a store that said McShoes, you might think it was affiliated with McDonald's because yeah. McDonald's is such a famous mark that McAnything is yeah. could be confusing. Yeah. So yeah. you've got all these people in Scotland who now can't write letters to each other. Yeah. yeah it's <laughs> too, which which is just so unfortunate for for them. Yeah. yeah, yeah and, and, and whatever happened to the song "Old MacDonald Had a Farm." E-I-E-I-O. Yeah, and he ate his cow yeah. in a beef sandwich. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I'm get, getting off track. Yeah, um, I'm helping you. <laughs> thank you. And, uh, it's, sorry, the, the, I suppose the next question is, uh, from, a, from a product point of view, back to products. It's much more expensive, but you were saying to me, I, mean, I was going, oh, that's going to cost lots of money, but if you're selling a product, you expect to make money, you need to invest that money. You, I, I was yeah. saying, well, it's, it's an economy, and you're saying that's a false economy. Yeah, well, I mean, I think what it is, is once you realize that you lose the rights once you put the product out there, it just tells you that you need to make that decision at an early stage. You don't always have to patent the product. It might not always be worth it to patent the product. Yeah, but the lesson is just... Worth it? Sorry. Um, what's that? Well, in what circumstances isn't it worth it? Okay. Um, the circumstance market. is when there isn't a lot that makes it different. Okay. And you might be able to get a patent based upon some minor differences, but then you realize that those differences don't really matter to the market. 
Okay. And um, this is like the this is probably the biggest misconception people have about patents, and the biggest mistake that people make is there's there's really two school, two schools of thoughts that most people have about yeah. patent, or two schools of thought. One is patents are so important. If you have a product, you have to patent it. Mm. The other school of thought is patents are a waste of time. You just change one thing and you get around it. Yeah. And the truth is that both are correct at different times. Mm. Some patents are valuable, some patents not so valuable. And what it comes down to is you can get a patent that covers a whole concept that someone can't get around if the concept is new. But most of the time it's not new. Most of the time you think you've invented the stapler, but you've really just invented the release lever mm. that helps clear a clog from your stapler. And then you, you're told you can get a patent on your stapler, but really what you're getting a patent on is that release lever. And if that release lever doesn't matter to your customers, it yeah, doesn't okay. matter to your competition such that they feel like, well, we, we only want to make the stapler if it has that release lever. Mm. If it doesn't matter to people in that way, then that's not a patent that's worthwhile. Okay. And how much do you know about the Google patents? I mean, um, Google have got not very much. patents. We've got Bill Swarovski reading them, trying to figure out what they're doing. But I mean, it's saying, you know, yeah. uh, extracting uh, attributes about entities from reviews. Yeah. That doesn't seem to me to be a patent. Saying, yeah. I can look at a review, a piece of text, a review that somebody gave my product, and as Google, I can extract some, some attributes, some in interesting information about that product. How's that patentable? Well, I don't know. I don't know the specifics of the situation, but, but basically in order for it to be patentable, it had to be new, right? Okay. It had to be new and not obvious. The two main requirements for patentability is it has to be different in some way. Yep. That's easy, new. But it also has to be new in a way that wouldn't be obvious to people in the field. So if you're doing sure. things okay. that are, are, maybe no one has done exactly this, maybe they haven't done it with regard to reviews, uh, but they've done it for other things. And so it kind of is within the realm of, of what people in the field would know that they can pull from. It's okay. kind of like within the range of what people know to do, even if they haven't done this exact combination. That's obvious and that's not patentable. So there must be, so two things. So there must be something non-obvious about yeah. it for them to get it. And second, it might be more limited than it appears on the surface. Just like we were talking about a moment ago, how some patents are strong and cover a whole concept, and some are relatively weak because in the details. So it might not be that they have a patent on that general concept, but a very specific way of doing it. Oh, exactly. That, that's probably, yeah, that, that sounds yeah. right. right. I mean, they're not going to be able to say to Bing, right. for example, you're not allowed to extract attributes from reviews. Exactly. But they could say you can't do it in the same way. And then it's it. debatable how valuable it is. But you know what? When you're a company that is worth as much as Google, they throw are lots they of money. I've heard. Um, they throw a lot of money at patents, and they don't care if some of them are limited. They, they know that um, there'll be some gems in there, and there'll be ones that end up getting infringed. So they just do a lot of patenting. A lot of big companies do a lot of patenting. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they're basically covering the bases and saying one day I'll be yeah. able to sue somebody. Thousands of companies like that get thousands of patents per year. Okay, and great. they have multi-billion-dollar budget for getting patents. So, so I mean, and, and that, that then comes back to the idea they're patenting things just because they think it's interesting, not necessarily yep. because they're using it. Exactly, and the assumption that they are using it is probably a false assumption. Exactly, could be a false assumption. So it's just different than how entrepreneurs would handle it. Is it's just a, a totally different scenario. They're they're putting huge budgets towards patenting, and they're patenting anything that they could. They think that they can get something on, mm. and yeah. there isn't a there isn't a lot of decision-making that goes into do we pursue this or that. It's just they get um, information from their, from their engineers mm. 
and uh, and they just send it along to the patent attorneys and say whatever you see that we can do, let's just do it all. Okay, I hadn't really thought about it like yeah. that. I thought there was lots more thought process process went into not, it. Not 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 at that level. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and and with with back to trademarks because you know, I like trademarks. I like the mm -hmm. idea of trademarks. I mean, I've got a a, a bird with my writing underneath it. Now I haven't, and please don't steal it, I haven't trademarked it. Mm -hmm. If one day somebody starts using that name uh, and a similar bird, can I sue them? Is it worth it? Is it interesting? Well, um, here, here's the, the thing. When it comes to trademarks, it is specific to a certain type of product or service. So that what, is, point. what is the product or service that You're you really offer with You're really good at good questions at me that I didn't ask. <laughs> well, I'm a great interviewer, as you can see. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, go ahead. Um, so uh, what are you using that logo for? Like what type of product SAS, or service? which is why I was asking For a SAS. SAS, okay. So then conceivably, if you haven't registered it, but you are using that to promote a certain SAS, and then someone comes into the market in a, in a, in a very similar field, then you could um, show that there's a likelihood of confusion and stop them from using it. Mm. But if someone started selling um, you know, um, frozen foods using a logo like that, you wouldn't be able to do much about it. Brilliant stuff. Thank you very much for all that free advice. I just got off somebody who must uh, charge an absolute fortune for this normally. You'll get, you'll get the bill in the mail. Oh, no. <laughs> a quick goodbye. But it would be like a suspended sentence. It would be like a bill that you don't have to pay unless... You, um, you. Uh, I use the advice exactly. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Rich. That was. Brilliant. It was my pleasure. Thank Absolutely. you, Rich. Brilliant. Thank you.